600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk. Here we go on a Monday afternoon. Coming your way live, Border City Alehouse. It's our Monday home, 1506 Lee Trevino. Come on down, folks. Not just one, but two great sporting events tonight. We have our normal Monday night football game with the Raiders uh, visiting the Detroit Lions. Big one for both teams, especially for Detroit, trying to come back from last week. And the Raiders trying to improve the 500 on the season. But also, game three, as you heard a moment ago on SportsCenter with Adrian, we'll have it for you as well. Big one for the Diamondbacks. They're home, trying to take a two games to one lead over the Rangers. Our coverage starts uh, 6 o'clock with ESPN Radio, and we'll be out live here at the Ale House watching both Rangers, Diamondbacks, and Lions, Raiders. So a lot of great sports happening here today. In fact, halftime, we're going to be giving away some great prizes as well. They include a free hour at Kick Social El Paso, 812 Montana. So that's a free hour at Kick Social El Paso, 812 Montana. Montana. Those are going to be given out here today. We also have Golf at Horizon Golf Club. It's cart and two green fees. An $80 value at Horizon Golf and Conference Center. That's going to be given out here today on Sports Talk. Also, from our friends at 915 Sports Novelties inside Bassett Center, we're giving out uh, some prizes, including a Dallas Cowboys shimmer decal, as well as a Notre Dame fighting Irish uh, cap. This cap is awesome. It is um, essentially um, one of those adjustable fitted caps where you can uh, put it on, and no matter what your head size, it'll fit you perfectly. It's green. It's got their logo and mascot. We'll be giving that out here today, courtesy of our friends at 915 Sports Novelties inside Bassett Place. Also, I was just out at All That Music and Video. As you might imagine, they are in the Halloween spirit of things. That store is completely decorated for Halloween. And uh, not only is it all about collectible vinyl, as well as posters, movies, um, record players, and, and everything you might imagine, but they have a great selection of uh, boutique uh, stuff with uh, collectible vinyl figures. And for us, our sports uh, every week is courtesy of all that music and video. In fact, if you are a sports fan, you can enjoy a great selection of items like the Lions and Raiders lanyards. We're going to be giving those out. We've got the bottle opener keychains. We've got an insulated lunch bag for you Lions fans and the complete history of the Raiders on DVD from all that music and video located in the Fountains of Farrah just below Best Buy parking lot. So that is also up for grabs here on the show. And if you are a fight fan, Ring War 6 is coming to the Coliseum coming up Friday night. We'll be giving away pairs of tickets to go see Ring Wars 6. It's going to be featuring Stephanie Hahn, uh, Jorge Tovar, and many, many other local fighters on the card. It's at the Coliseum. Tickets on sale now, Friday night. Ring War 6 Professional Boxing returns to the barn, and we'll be giving those tickets away here on the show as well today. So a lot in store for you on this 
Monday edition of the program. Adrian, let's catch up since uh, we have a lot to talk about from what we missed uh, over the weekend. Football-wise, Cowboys win. That was big for them. Uh, Can't say the same about the 49ers, who have now lost three straight after stumbling against the Bengals this week. We got the trade deadline tomorrow. I'm interested to see if Aaron Jones is traded from Green Bay. The Packers are going nowhere. They're not utilizing Jones nearly to the capacity that a lot of us expected. And with Green Bay 2-5 and five right now, it wouldn't and losing four in a row, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Aaron ends up being traded by the deadline tomorrow. Yeah, it's a it really interesting take, Steve. And I don't I don't think a lot of people are talking about it enough. I mean, uh, I went on this show on Friday ripping coaches like Brandon Staley of the Los Angeles Chargers, also questioning coaches like Dennis Allen for the New Orleans Saints. But maybe we should question Matt LaFleur in Green Bay right now and wonder, was his success with the Packers a product of Aaron Rodgers? Or is he actually the coach who's going to take the them over the top. I think there's so many question marks right now in Green Bay and on the flip side, the team who beat them, the Vikings, they have even more questions right now as they're yep. having to live with the reality of a, co- a quarterback who will be no longer with them. Kirk Cousins, torn ACL out for the year. I mean, you talked about the trade deadline. They're a team who needs a quarterback here at the trade deadline, so I wonder if they shop around for a veteran out there. They go grab uh, Josh Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals knowing that he's not going to be the starter anymore with that group. I mean, it's real interesting. The NFL is in a really weird place right now, and I think it was real evident after yesterday's uh, weird slate of games. I think that's a terrific way to describe it. I, I really do. It is The NFL is weird right now, really weird. I'm happy I didn't have to watch the Jets-Giants yesterday because that was some of the worst football um, that I've been hearing about in decades. Two teams that stunk it up offensively to the point where there were 24 punts yesterday between the two. That's right. There were more punts than points scored. And somehow, the Giants, instead of going for it on fourth and one with 20-something seconds left to put uh, the Jets out of their misery, attempted a Graham Gano field goal that he missed. And then two passes later, the Jets get the tying field goal, go to overtime, and win it 13-10. to So you look at the games yesterday. Cowboys looked terrific. Dak Prescott was, again, good Dak yesterday. That's the, Sometimes you watch Dak Prescott and you say to yourself, how is this not one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL? Yesterday was one of those days. Threw for 304 yards and four touchdowns in the Cowboys' 43-20 win over the Rams. But you look at some of the other games yesterday, and clearly everybody is going to be talking about the Chiefs uh, not scoring a touchdown against the Broncos, who won for just the third time this season and played Taylor Swift afterwards in a victory celebration song. Uh, Bengals beating the 49ers, so they've now lost three in a row. Uh, that's an issue in a big way because Brock Purdy does not look like the same quarterback that he was. Um, you know, And those were really, I guess, two of the bigger surprises of the week in terms of what went down, but Adrian, uh, you know, Packers right now going nowhere. Vikings need a quarterback. Um, You know, I could easily see some veterans on the move, and from what I've been hearing, at least as of yesterday and last night, 
there is definitely a lot of interest around the league in Aaron Jones, which makes me wonder if, in fact, Green Bay will pull the trigger on a deal before the deadline. Well, they also signed James Robinson, who had a you know his time with the Jaguars at running back over the past couple years. They signed him to a free agent deal. Seems like A.J. Dillon is their number one running back right now. They're giving him the bulk of the carries. Not saying he's as productive as Aaron Jones ever was here in the, his uh, five seasons or six seasons with the Packers prior, but this is just a different year for Aaron Jones. We're not used to seeing the lack of production like this from him and he's such a a great player when he's playing football and when he's on the field Steve but I I look at the best win out of yesterday out of all those that you reeled off if you're a Cowboys fan if you're a Bengals fan you have to feel better about getting back into that conversation as not only a team that could come out of your division or a team that could come out of your conference but a team that can legitimately become a Super Bowl contender again and I'm, I'm talking about again the Bengals and the Cowboys that's what they proved yesterday worse luck I have to put the Packers in that conversation right there. I I think there's also Steeler fans who are reeling after their uh, defeat yesterday to Jacksonville. Kenny Pickett just doesn't look like the guy for the Steelers, despite how great of a defense they really have. And he hurt himself uh, yesterday. So we don't even know if Kenny Kenny Pickett's going to play because of the injury. So you're right. A lot going on. A lot to talk about. And that uh, just kind of gets us started here on the show. Let's go to the phones, begin things at 505-6009 with Orly. First up today, Orly, thanks for getting through. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, tough weekend if you're a 49er fan. Yep. But we couldn't be better to get to the bye week when he is. Couldn't happen for a better time. I don't blame a lot on Purdy. I blame a lot on the defense. What has happened to the defense? What is going on? They're just not playing like they were. No, we can't play the Cowboys every week. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, it's frustrating. They're five and three. They were four and four at this time last year. So there's going to be some changes. I think the defense. I don't know if the defensive coordinator is getting it the way uh, Dean Miko Ryan's was. Uh, so there's going to be some changes. I'm interested when they come out of the bye. Hopefully we'll get Debo Samuel back after the bye. But I don't think it's all on Purdy. I think a lot of it's on the defense. They couldn't stop Cincinnati yesterday, and that's what's frustrating. I mean, besides that, they're playing a pretty good quarterback. But there's no excuse. There's no excuse for that. Um, It is what it is. As far as the Cowboys, guys, they haven't played it. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record. They're doing what they're supposed to, beat up on the also-rans. But when they go up against a, a, a premier team like the 49ers, they get hammered. They'll get hammered this week by the Eagles. Well, They're that's the big the one. Listen, yeah. that is the big one. We will find out. By the way, Eagles are 3-0 and at home. Cowboys are 2-2 two and two on the road. That will yep. be the litmus test that everybody's waiting for. Because suddenly, then, you know, yeah, you're right. Because now the 49ers still have to deal with the Seahawks in the West. That's going to be an yes. interesting race. And, you yeah. know, nobody's really anything special in the south. In the north, you've got the Lions, and that's about it. And then in the east, uh, Eagles uh, with the Cowboys. So the truth is, is that I know you're talking about the Cowboys not playing anybody. The problem is the NFC is very watered down outside of just a few teams right now. I agree with that. I agree 100%. Now, changing the subject, the Southeast Conference do you think they could put a mercy rule in for uh, Gator Richards, uh, Florida Gators? 
Instead of put a mercy rule, they've been hammered a lot. Well, thought about uh, that game against Georgia. What'd you expect? I mean, look, Georgia is yeah. the number one team in the country, and I, I don't yeah. really know if anybody thought there would be anything different in that game. And when you're Gator down twenty six, you're down thirty six seven going into the fourth. Uh, yeah, Gator Richard was expecting something better, but you know what? The, the, right now, um, you know they're, they're not on the same level. They're just not. And Graham Mertz didn't even play that badly. It's just the fact that you know Georgia's a machine offensively and defensively, and they did what they do to a lot of teams, and you know made it look very easy, very very easy. And all the new teams from the Big Twelve that came over. The AAC, well, it's going to take some time to get the their recruiting involved because they're getting hammered, every one of them. Not hey, one uh, has been competitive. You called out Gator Richard. He'll respond to you next segment because he's on the phones right now, okay? <laughs> okay. So he'll take, he'll take care of that. Get a mercy rule. His yeah. baseball team, his football team, mercy rule. Thank you. He was wanting a mercy rule in baseball. Okay. Or, or they screaming mercy rule. Let me take Richard from the west side. Then we'll come back with Gator Richard. Quarter past here on Sports Talk. Richard, thanks for waiting. How are you? All right, Steve. How you doing? I'm going to make this quick. A for sure. Orly. Again, I love him. This is just a game. Ever since George Kittle pulled up his T-shirt and said the derogatory word Dallas, karma. That being said, I need you and El Paso fans to decide something. So Troy and Roger, for, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, but I'm a realistic Cowboys fan. Troy and Roger are the top-tier quarterbacks. But I definitely think after researching, Danny White needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Super Bowl champion, three-time NFC champion, or he led the Cowboys three times to the NFC championship. Uh, Jim Kelly did the same thing for the Buffalo Bills. He's in the Hall of Fame. Thoughts, please. So if you think about it, you know, he did enough to take the Cowboys to the Super Bowl the year against uh, with the catch. I mean, he came right down, scored that go-ahead touchdown late in the game, and then the Cowboys' defense couldn't stop Montana. And that's what it came down to. Montana to Clark sent the Niners to the Super Bowl. You wonder, had the course of history been changed and Danny White's game-winning drive stood up and the Cowboys go and win that Super Bowl against uh, Cincinnati, maybe... All of a sudden, we're talking about Danny White in a different light than we are right now. And I agree with you. And I'm not saying, I mean, I guess I am saying things. He's a Super Bowl champion. He was an understudy under Roger. But three straight NFC championships from, I want to say, 80 to 82. I mean, we put Jim Kelly in the Hall of Fame for that. And I, I yeah. understand everybody's all hyped up over this. I mean, Danny, and, and the reason is being because, you know, golf buddies, we were arguing the tiers of quarterbacks for the Cowboys were all Cowboys fans. You know, it's Roger and Aikman. But who's after that? So I was saying, I know, but, research. Danny, but, here's, Danny White. But, but here's the problem with Danny White, okay? Here's the problem, Richard. You can't take someone who only spent really five years, now six if you count the strike year in 82, six years as an everyday starter, although he didn't play much in 84 because I think he might have gotten hurt that year. But you can't give somebody a chance to get into the hall that really – played quarterback, you know, the last, let's see, two, four, six, eight, nine years of his career, but wasn't really a, a productive. If you look at his, his stats, he had about three really good seasons. You can't tell me somebody had three good seasons in a career uh, is all of a sudden a Hall of Famer. In fact, 155 touchdowns, 
132 interceptions, and a career completion percentage of 59.7. Unfortunately, Richard, Danny White doesn't qualify. I liked him. I always think Cowboys fans will as well. But you can't tell me that Danny White is going to be uh, in, in Canton for being a quarterback. You can't do that. Therese, I'm just throwing out there to our large Cowboy fan base listening. Danny White easily here. To, like, there's legendary Roger Naikman, and there's greatness. I think Danny White highly overlooked. That's all I'm saying. Do you put Danny White ahead of uh, Tony Romo? Oh, yeah. Easily. Three in okay. championship games. Okay. I know. The, I guess the argument was that those teams were built to be championship games, um, you know, no matter what. I'll, I'll say this, just so you know. In terms of the Hall of Fame monitor from ProFootballReference.com, his score is a 36.8. The average Hall of Fame quarterback score, 103.5. So, falling way short. Way short. Which... Unfortunately, does not make him anywhere close to a Hall of Fame quarterback. But I appreciate the argument. And, hey, you know what? He, he was you're, – you're right. I mean, those are great teams, though, in the late 70s, early 80s. Let's be honest, Cowboys fans. That was probably from, you know, that decade, uh, some of the best football Cowboys fans have ever had. So the fact that Danny White was quarterback didn't have to be great for those teams to win speaks volumes. Remember, they had, they had Tony Dorsett. Had a pretty good running back in those days. Really did. 19 pass. We'll keep the phones moving right after Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us. In the El Paso Metroplex, a couple of things here. First of all, I-10 East at the Schuster on-ramp, we have a crash. Cannot use that on-ramp. That's blocked off by PD there, I-10 East at Schuster. Also, let's go to the east side. Saragossa and Edgemere, we have a crash. PD there, Montana, and make a place on a wreck. Also, to the valley we go, Grenoble and Weir on a wreck. Central area, busy intersection here. Geronimo and Edgemere have a crash, so caution here. This will be brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Leo's has a full-service bar celebrating 77 years, serving El Paso Tuesday through Sunday. Not tonight, but tomorrow, 11 to 8. Famous tortilla soup, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Charlie 1600, ESPN El Paso. Join Sun Bowl Executive Director Bernie Olivas every Tuesday at 5 for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch during Sports Talk and only on 600 ESPN El Paso. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. With NFL season heating up, why don't you join in? Ignite your next watch party with fireball shots for the whole team at Twin Peaks. The best part is they're just $3.99 all day, so you can grab a round for the table. Cheers. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. At Stanley Steamer, we go beyond carpet cleaning. We're also experts at cleaning tile and grout. Our high-pressure equipment actually extracts the dirt from your tile and grout. Our trained technicians can also seal and recolor your existing grout, giving your floors a fresh new look. Call 1-800-STEAMER or visit stanleysteamer.com and be sure to ask about our tile and grout cleaning special. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Stanley Steamer gets your home cleaner. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. 
Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. It's Macy's friends and family. Get ready for the holidays with an extra 30% off brands that rarely go on sale with your coupon or Macy's card. And take 15% off fragrance, skincare, makeup, and more great beauty gift ideas. Or shop specials they'll love while supplies last, now at Macy's. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Find something so you at Macy's friends and family. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, you. Yeah, you. This is your dentist. Do me a favor and feel the front of your teeth. How grimy are they? Ugh. It's time for a Crest Pro Health reality checkup. That grime is the buildup of plaque bacteria that can cause cavities in just months. You need to switch to Crest Pro Health. While most toothpaste stop working in minutes, Crest Pro Health's antibacterial fluoride protects for up to 12 hours to stop cavities before they start. So pick some up on the way home. Smile. Crest has you covered. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Adrian, I've been looking up the Danny White story a little more just to try to make sure I'm on the right pace here. And I mean, listen, he won. He went to the Pro Bowl once in his career. He won one Super Bowl ring. He did have three straight Super Bowl uh, or, or NFC Championship losses in 80, 81, and 82. Lost to Philly. Lost to San Francisco. Lost to Washington. So three straight chances. And in that strike-shortened season, he was... Um, fifth in the AP MVP voting. So he had a great year that year. He really did. Um, you know, you look at his numbers and probably some of the best for his career, really. Um, but facts are facts. Again, those Cowboys teams, people forget, late 70s, early 80s, those teams had terrific offense, as a terrific offensive unit with receivers and backs and, and, and line and their defense was good. They were built. They were built well. But I was looking at Danny White's comparable scores, and even like a guy like Joe Theismann was ahead of him. He's not in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, you look at Joe Theismann's body of work, and you can make an argument for that, especially if you're a Washington fan, uh, more than you can Danny White. Yeah, I also think that if you wanted to make, like, Cowboys fans wanted to make arguments about how Danny White should be in the ring of honor, which uh, a lot of uh, Cowboy fans hold that uh, honor to be pretty highly regarded among uh, Cowboy circles, I could see that argument being made. I could also see the argument that Danny White is one of the more underappreciated Cowboys in history. So those arguments still stand, but to be a Hall of Famer, that's that's a pretty high uh, accomplishment, right? 
right there. And I think that means that you're one of the all-time greats of your generation. I just don't think he was that of of that generation, but he was a great player, and he was somebody who, who meant a lot to a lot of Cowboy fans. I'm looking, though, at like his passer rating. Five seasons in the top ten. Passing touchdowns, five seasons in the top ten. Um, you know, passing yards, two seasons in the top ten. Passing passer interceptions, four seasons in the top ten. So he did it on both sides. And really, if you look at his career, like comparable names, Steve Grogan, Burt Jones, Theismann, Jeff Garcia, Rich Gannon. Those are some of the names that are linked with Danny White's body of work. I like Danny White. Always like Danny White. I thought he was a good quarterback on a great team and on a great group. But And had Danny White had a chance to be a starter since he came into the league and not a punter towards the end of the Stahlback era, who knows what could have happened? Who knows? Um, and you shouldn't take away those three championship appearances, even though they lost them all. Uh, I just... I can't. I, I can't. You want to put Danny White in the ring of honor for Cowboy fans? Fine. Canton, I don't even think it's an argument. I don't even think it's an argument. And I'm talking Cowboy fans as well. Let's go to the phones. We lost Gator Richard, but we do have Eddie in Fort Bliss. He joins us next, 27 past the hour here on Sports Talk. How you doing, uh, Eddie? What's going on? Good, Steve. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? Doing so, well, thank I you. Can end this, I can end this Danny White argument quickly. You want me to end it for you? Please. If you have to put him in, then you have to put Joe Flacco in. Joe Flacco, three AFC championship games consecutively. Joe Flacco is a Lee Evans drop pass, a Billy Cundiff 20-yard doink away from two consecutive Super Bowls. Plus, he beat New England three times in the playoffs in New England. So, if you put Danny White in, you have to put Joe Flacco in. There you go. By the way, Flacco actually ranks... uh higher than Danny White on the all-time quarterback monitor list. Again, White is in the category with names like Jay Cutler, Jim Everett, uh, uh-huh. Joe Ferguson, who played with the Buffalo Bills in the 70s, but along that era. You, but, you know, you look you, at... You would never yeah. you would never make an argument that Joe Flacco belongs in the Hall of Fame, correct? No. No. And we put Flacco, Joe Flacco, well, you even said... Yeah. You know, I mean, Flacco may be one of those old, like, one of the veterans' clauses later on down the line because he had a solid career. You know, he's thrown for, what, 30,000, 35,000 yards? Yep. Thrown for almost 300 touchdowns. Did win a Super Bowl, had a magical Super Bowl run where, what was it, only him and Montana that were 11 or 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So, no, you're that right. would be my I argument. Mean, it's interesting because, to me... Flacco is very much like Drew Bledsoe, who also won a championship. Played very similar number of years. And, you know, a lot of the things that um, you saw from Bledsoe, you could say the same for Flacco. You really could. Um, you know, so, yeah, and both of those guys are not going to get into the Hall of Fame. Please, there are so many names on the list of great quarterbacks not in the Hall of Fame. Um, here's another one for you. Kenny Anderson played for Cincinnati. Terrific run. Never won a championship. But played, uh, you know, for many, many years, not in uh, not in Canton. And, you know, you look at Boomer Esiason, I mentioned Theismann, Roman Gabriel. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys who had good, really good careers will, will not be making it to Canton anytime soon. So, yep, good stuff, Eddie. Appreciate the call. 
And that's an interesting thought. It really is. Because, again, it's not to knock Danny White. Uh, but, like, you you compare Danny White. Here's another good one, Adrian. Comparing Danny White to Tony Romo is kind of an, is kind of an interesting thought. Because Tony Romo scores higher than Danny White on the quarterback monitor pretty significantly, okay? And, you know, Romo is someone who played more than 10 years in the league and put up some good numbers. Danny White is actually just ahead of Dak Prescott right now in terms of the Hall of Fame monitor for quarterbacks. And Prescott's been doing it for seven years. That kind of shows you where, according to ProFootballReference.com, White is in terms of one of his peers. You know, I, I kind of feel like the cutoff, for me at least, uh, if, I, if I'm trying to still hold integrity in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the cutoff for me is Eli Manning. So if you those who believe, hey, Eli should be in, I, I mean, okay, I get it. Those who think he should be not or not be in, I understand that as well because we all, we all witnessed it. There were a lot of bad years of Eli Manning post those Super Bowl runs, and he played, and he was a starting quarterback in the NFL for a long time, but at the end of the day, he might be that lat that like hall of famer who starts letting other guys go in like we might be able to justify a philip rivers because of an eli manning and eli manning is is eligible in 2025 so two years from now he'll be eligible to be in the pro football hall of fame good point all right bottom of the hour as sports talk continues 505-6009 let's send it back right now to adrian he's standing by with this sports center update for us Thank you very much, Steve. There are a lot of NBA games tonight. 5 o'clock tip-off, Celtics-Wizards. That one gets started out in D.C. An hour away from Timberwolves-Hawks. That one gets started at 5.30. Then coming up later tonight, 6 o'clock start, Heat-Bucks. Great game out in Milwaukee. NBA TV will have Warriors-Pelicans at 6 o'clock. And then the nightcap, Magic-Lakers. That one takes place at 8.30 also on NBA TV. Let's head back over to that NCAA story from earlier. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh said today that a report that the university had rescinded a contract extension offer in recent weeks was not accurate. Harbaugh is in the second year of a five-year deal with the Wolverines. Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel told ESPN that the school hoped to have an extension for the head coach soon, and he told them back uh, this back on October 10th. That process was put on hold a week after Michigan learned that the NCAA was investigating an alleged year-long cheating scheme according to sources familiar with the situation let's go to more news today this also out of the nfl and this coming out of the buffalo bills they have agreed to terms with veteran running back leonard fournette who is now signing with the bills fournette passed a physical today and will be on the practice squad the move comes a week after the team placed running back damian harris on injured reserve with a neck strain and he has remained on concussion protocol harris had a major injury in the team's 14-9 win over the Giants in week six that has led them to uh, being uh, or having him take off uh, in an ab- ambulance from that game. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Broaddus. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. 
6009 our telephone number as we continue 505-6009 you were busy today you attended utep football practice and basketball practice and uh, we've just uh, reposted uh, up on uh, our twitter site all of the comments uh, from dana dimmel today as well as uh, from Corey camper and uh, joe golding as because the utep men's basketball team will be kick- will be uh, tipping things off a week from tonight that's right, Steve. This is uh, that really busy time of year for us. Um, you know, Saturday is the homecoming night for UTEP football. Middle, uh, excuse me, Western Kentucky comes into town. And the scary thing if you're UTEP is uh, Western Kentucky has been able to throw the ball all over the place. UTEP's secondary depth has been hit over the uh, the course of the entire year. I mean, think about just this past game. They lose Kobe Hilton. Davis Burns, the Coronado High School graduate, has to step in his place for pretty much the entire game, and uh, they expect to have Kobe Hilton back this week, but still, the secondary depth is a big a big concern uh, for the Miners going into this week, and hey, backs against the wall, three and six on the season. A win, I don't know what it does for you, but at least uh, for the culture of that team, it gives them some purpose, uh, but I'm not sure if they're going to find it this week, Steve, knowing Western Kentucky still has a lot to play for this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, there, there's no doubt. No doubt. In fact, you know, you kind of look at the way things have unfolded uh, here. So, you know, we talk so much about UTEP and, and how the season kind of went south in a hurry and they've had to try to come back from there. Western Kentucky is, you know, they were picked to win the whole thing. They're 2-2 two and two with the Aggies right now 4-1. and one. And as you mentioned, Liberty 6-0. and oh. I mean, everybody thought the Hilltoppers were the best team in Conference USA. They're 4-4. Four and four. You better believe they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder the last four weeks of the season. 100%. They've got a veteran quarterback, Austin Reed, who is uh, picked by the conference preseason to be the best player in this league. They've had disappointing losses. When you look at their losses, a three-point loss to Troy. They lose by three to Jacksonville State on a Tuesday evening. They lose to Liberty and kind of get killed in that game. That was the only game that felt a little lopsided, but they're also coming off a bye, Steve. They had a chance to kind of recollect themselves. They're 4-4 four and four on the year, so they, they really don't have margin for error if they want to be in the conversation as having uh, one of the better records this year. Remember, New Mexico State could still lose some games. Western Western Kentucky could find themselves in the Conference USA Championship when it's all said and done, but they have to get wins like this week against UTEP. They sure do. Sure do. 505-6009, our telephone number if you want to get in talk about that this Saturday. The uh, basketball team starting next Monday. Cowboys winning. 49ers losing other reactions uh, from the college and NFL world this weekend. By the way, congratulations, Adrian. You were, uh, I think, 8 out of 10 this week in our uh, picks, and I went 6 out of 10. Even Bernie got 7 out of 10. So both of you gained a little ground on me this week, and I'm sure we'll get into more of that tomorrow when Bernie's back with us in the show. Yeah, the only thing I could say about all this is I should not have taken uh, Coach Prime in Colorado. I could have had t- nine points and tied for the actual yep. number one spot, but I felt uh, adventurous. I felt excited, and I picked that team. We all were smart about Arizona, but that was a back-and-forth game. I just feel like all the Pac-12 games, Steve, this entire year have been very entertaining. It's been a very entertaining year if you're a Pac-12 football fan. Sure has. Uh, Augustine uh, checking in on Twitter. Let's see what he says. The Hall of Fame should be reserved for the best of the best. 
All these players that are borderline should not be allowed to be in there. I estimate that at least 50% of the ones in the Hall of Fame shouldn't be. Well, I feel like you could make that for every Hall of Fame in all of sports. I do. I feel like um, if you really want to go there, that the Hall's been watered down in all, all the Hall of Fames. Baseball, basketball, football, everyone you could. They've all been watered down for quite a while. They really have. Because the truth is, and you can make this argument, the Hall of Fame is now the Hall of Very Good. That's what it is. The Hall of Very Good. When you have a good career, very good career, you've got a shot. When Harold Baines got into Cooperstown, um, that's when I really, well, long before that, but that was the latest example. of The Baseball Hall of Fame has uh, opened its doors to a lot. And, you know, that, that could go uh, a lot of different ways. It really could. So I don't disagree with, uh, with, that, uh, with that take at all from uh, Augustine at uh, 38 past the hour. 505-6009 gets you into the show. 505-6009 as uh, sports talk continues. All right. Um, by the way, I know Sark is really trying to make uh, Texas's case uh, ahead of the first rankings for the college football playoffs. And, you know, remember, we're only talking about four teams this year. Now, they're going to be expanding, but not yet. And, uh, Adrian, I I look at, you know, the current state of affairs in college football. I believe there are five teams still perfect in, uh, you know, in college football. Five right now, which means that we have, um, you know, five teams ahead of Texas. Washington. Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia. After that, will Oregon be ahead of Texas? Quite possibly. I would doubt Alabama's ahead of Texas, at least initially, because Texas beat them, but we just don't know for sure how that's going to work. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Texas checks in at number six or number seven in the college football playoff when they reveal. I feel like this is one of the hardest years for the committee to look at because uh, especially when you talk about a one-loss team for any of these groups, right? The SEC, the Big Ten, uh, the ACC, or the Pac-12. Like, who do you favor over which? I mean, the Big 12 is the first of the powers to have zero undefeated teams. But Washington, could they lose a game? I feel like Oregon is still one of the best teams in the country, but Texas is right up there with these teams. I just feel like the quality of of college football this year is yeah. really high, and, and it's in a really good place right now. It's just going to make it really difficult for the college football playoff committee. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see when the first rankings come out tomorrow what that's going to look like. That really should be pretty interesting, to say the least. All right, 19 in front of five as Sports Talk continues. We'll come back with more in a moment. We're hanging with you live. It's Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino with Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC7's Paul Cicala with your top stories on this Monday, October 30th on 600 ESPN El Paso. A weather shift has taken place with temperatures dropping 20 to 30 degrees in certain areas of the borderland. These are the recommendations from the National Weather Service in taking precautions to protect yourself, each other, and our furry companions with the temperatures dipping into the 30s. Minimize time outdoors, especially during late hours when temperatures drop further. 
Power outages are a concern in certain areas, so prepare by having flashlights, fully charged phones, blankets, and extra batteries at hand. Check on elderly and vulnerable people to ensure they are A-OK during this cold spell and keep your pets warm and sheltered. Try to keep them indoors as much as possible. And when you take pets outside, limit their time in the cold and bundle them up. We have new details on a deadly crash that happened overnight on Gateway East near Chelsea Street in central El Paso. According to the Texas Department of Public Safety, early this morning, a Texas state trooper saw a Mazda sedan with a fake license plate speeding north on Sunland Park Drive. The trooper attempted a traffic stop of the vehicle, which contained several passengers. A high-speed chase ensued. The trooper followed the car to the Chelsea exit on I-10 East. The car lost control and hit a concrete barrier. Several people in the car were ejected. One person died at the scene and six others were taken to the hospital. The names of the victims have not been released. Meanwhile, a vigil is being held tonight to honor those killed and impacted by the Lewiston mass shooting. El Pasoans are gathering at El Paso Healing Garden at Ascarate Park with the start at 6.30. And don't forget, get news on the KVIA News app on air and online at kvia.com. Have a positive, productive Monday filled with lots of joy and bundle up in this cold weather, my friends. I'm ABC7's Paul Sicala for 600 ESPN El Paso. So Metroplex, some uh, rough uh, spots right now. First of all, on the east side, let's go there. Saragossa and Edgemere, we have a crash. So PD still on that one, checking it out. Montana and Makeup Place, we have a wrecked PD presence. You're going to have that there. Also, the tow truck. In the valley, Grenoble and Weir, we have a wreck. So caution there. Where are we stacked up? Where are we really tapping on the brakes? I-10 West to the Wattisport. That back goes back to Reno. So caution there. Then tonight, there's an important closure going on tonight at 9 p.m. I-10 eastbound at Reynolds on-ramp. That's going to be closed. That's tonight at 9 p.m. Keep that in mind. But also another closure that goes on, Mesa and Sunland Park intersection. That's going to be closed. That's tonight at 9 p.m. So keep that in mind. This subject brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcock. Leo's has the full-service bar celebrating 77 years serving El Paso. Tuesday through Sunday for whatever date, not tonight. Tomorrow, famous tortilla soup. Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcock. I'm Charlie 1, 600. ESPN El Paso. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked! And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button. So you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. Cowboy season is back. 
And Speaking Rock is doing it right once again. Join Speaking Rock every week for El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party on the Outdoor Plaza. Experience the game on their massive outdoor screens where every seat is a great seat. Prizes, drink specials, food specials, and more. It's Speaking Rock's Dallas Cowboys tailgate party this Sunday. Ages 21 and over, see Speaking Rock's Facebook for more info on El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party. Hey sports fans, looking for your game day sanctuary? The District Pub and Kitchen is perfect for sports fans. Sip on your favorite beers, savor delicious bites, and cheer on your team in style at the District. Three locations open daily at Airway, Central Off Piedras, and West by the University and Off Mesa. Get in the game with NFL pack screens, legendary drinks, and MVP-worthy bites. See daily food and drink specials on Facebook and Instagram at The District and catch every play at The District Pub and Kitchen, your ultimate football hangout. Do you hear that? That's the sound of holiday joy at the Home Depot, where you can find everything you need to get ready for the holiday season, like all new festive outdoor decor. Spread more joy this season with bigger, bolder, and brighter inflatables from the Home Depot, like our exclusive new 8-foot animated Santa and reindeer inflatable for just $149, available in-store and online. Get holiday ready right now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The KLAQ Haunted Houses of Terror. Both open now. East side at 13900 Montana. West side of the shops at Solana. 757 Park Drive. Thursday is Western Tech Student Discount Night. Any student ID, save five bucks. Go fast. The right drive auto fast pass. Take a picture at the Whataburger photo booth. And visit the Scaredy Cat Corner from Baby Tree Surrogacy. Enjoy Freaky Friday. Thanks to Black Friday. Military members enjoy a Sunday discount from your supporters at Messiah Valley Transportation. Full details at hauntedhousesofterror.com. Black Friday's Daily Discount Store is your Halloween Daily Discount Store. Up to 90% off retail prices for costumes, accessories, and Halloween decorations. All prices start at 15 bucks on Fridays and go down every day until Wednesday when everything is a dollar. Locations at Remcon and Mesa, Wedgwood and McRae, 8500 Dyer, and Alameda and Americas. Stop by KLAQ's Haunted Houses of Terror and register to win a $100 gift card to Black Friday's. Applebee's has the NFL Sunday ticket. Catch all your favorite NFL team Sunday games live at Applebee's all season long. Combine your favorite team with your favorite food and choose from handcrafted burgers, steaks, ribs, seafood, pastas, sandwiches, and more. Score with signature and classic cocktails, beer, wine, and of course the most delicious desserts. And register in any El Paso Applebee's for a chance to win a trip to one of seven Dallas Cowboys home games. Applebee's, cheering good in the neighborhood. While El Paso is finally out of the triple digits, escape the El Paso heat and get back to cool with Master Cool. Wind Supply El Paso is an official distributor of Master Cool evaporative coolers. They don't want you to sweat it out while you wait for the temperature outside to cool off. Each system is priced lower than the box stores, and Master Cool can defy the Sun City heat. To locate your nearest Master Cool dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. That's the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. This is Mike Greenberg, and you're listening to Greeny right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
549 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk Live. Uh, getting ready to get you uh, set for Game 3 of the World Series. We're hanging out here at the Ale House for the World Series and Monday Night Football. In fact, uh, we'll be giving away prizes at the half for the Raiders and the Lions. Thanks to our friends at All That Music and Video, Horizon Golf and Conference Center, um, Kick Social. Also, um, our friends at 915 Sports and Novelties and Ring War 6 coming to the Coliseum this Friday night. Let's go to Mike next up on the show. How you doing, Mike? Hey, Mike. Hello. Mike, can you hear us okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. First first time caller, uh, I've been, you know, I always catch you when I can. Awesome. Keep it up. Love you guys. Um, Thank so, you, Mike. Yeah, Thank this morning, uh, I catch the, you know, I listen to it. Uh, so, first time in a long time, all four major sports are going to be playing today. NHL, NBA, baseball, and, uh, of course, the Raiders tonight. Yep. And then, um, second, a Hall of Famer that should got to be in there, you know, from right here, El Paso, Raza, Chico, number 16, Jim Plunkett, Oakland Raiders, man, two-time Super Bowl champ, um, you know, NFL comeback, uh, player of the year, I think you, uh, you know, Heisman, I mean, come on, man, he needs to be in, uh, needs to be in the Hall of Fame, something's wrong, we need, you know, he hasn't even uh, got any consideration. They had to write in Tom Flores. Like, come on, man. I don't know who uh, talk about uh, bias out there in the Hall of Fame. So So Plunkett's an interesting story. You know that? Plunkett is a real interesting story, Mike, because he has two Super Bowl rings, right? Um, Phil Simms has two Super Bowl rings. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Um you know, and then I look at some of the other guys that also have multiple rings that are not in. Now, Eli Manning could be in. We'll see if that happens because he has two as well. Um, you know, Earl Morrill has three. He's not in. Some of those might be NFL titles. Um, and, and actually, Morrill and Plunkett are very close in terms of their bodies of work, although Morrill played 20 years and Plunkett played 15. Um, and then... You know, you look at some of the other guys. Flacco has a ring. He's not in. Bledsoe has a ring. He's not in. Um, and, and you just go down the list. Theismann, I mentioned him earlier. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL who had really good careers that are not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Unfortunately. So I get it. I get it about Plunkett as a Raiders fan. I really do. But I think there's probably a lot of football fans listening that could make a a similar argument about one of their quarterbacks that also had a great career but still not not in the hall. So I don't know. I never – listen, I never thought Tom Flores would get into the hall, and he is. So maybe Plunkett will be next. Who knows? Yeah. The only two uh, uh, Hispanic, you know, with Super Bowl rings, just so everybody knows about that. Just got to throw it out there. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in, Mike. I mean, you know, the problem, I think, with Plunkett 
is that by the time he joined the Raiders, he was 32 years old. He spent the first half of his career with the Patriots and the 49ers. And he was on a losing he was on losing teams all those times. So that's that's the toughest thing to say about Jim Plunkett. In fact, when Jim Plunkett moved to Oakland in 79, he only started double-digit games twice in his last eight years with the Raiders. Most of the times he played seven, started seven games, nine games, eight games, but he started 11 games in 1980, 13 games in 1983, and that's part of the issue with Plunkett, I think, is that even though he won the two rings with the Raiders, he wasn't playing, you know, the 16-game seasons or 14-game seasons in those days. He wasn't, which makes it really tough. All right. I know Gator Richard is back. That's good news. The bad news is, Adrian, we're out of time this hour. That's so right. So I feel like we we have to – we've got to go ahead and, and hope that uh, Richard will hang with us. And if he does, we'll lead him off to begin our 5 o'clock hour. So, folks, stay with us. Sports Talks Live, hanging out with you. Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino, 600 ESPN El Paso. Yard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. And it's hour number two of Sports Talk, our final hour, coming your way live out here at our Monday home. Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino. In fact, 30 minutes from now, that's right, 30 minutes from now, Rob Bartz, head soccer coach at New Mexico State, is going to call in. They just won Conference USA in their first year in Conference USA. How about that, Adrian? Rob Bartz dominated the WAC last year, comes in to see USA, and they win the conference championship this time around. Yeah, this has been a big story. Uh, if you're a New Mexico State athletics fan among their uh, groups right now, women's soccer over there is killing it, and the fact that they're winning in year one, that's huge news right there. It really is. So Rob Bartz will join us uh, coming up here as we continue in about 30 minutes from now. We'll get you ready for Game 3 World Series action. It's going to be uh, the Diamondbacks hosting the Rangers. Excited about that. Just as excited I am as Gator Richard uh, joining us here on a Monday to begin hour number two of the show. Gator Richard, go Gators. Thanks for the call. What's going on? Richard, are you there? Adrian, did we lose him? You know what? He just called back in, Steve, and he said that he was having some issues with us dropping him. And I was thinking to myself, what? I, I don't. I, no one else has had this issue. So he called back well, twice, and he just called back when you queued him up. So he was ready to go. He was hot and ready to go. Well, first off, we have a landline. We don't have cell phones. We don't want to drop people. It's a, it's a, it's a landline. So I'm not sure how we're we're dropping calls but richard appreciate uh, you calling us back welcome aboard and uh thanks for the for the vine how are you hey how's it going Steve? good richard how about them gators man yeah getting they beat were, up they on saturday yeah that was a big one for them uh big performance yeah. and i tell you, you man I, i'm so disappointed in the gators right now but they got they got one more game and then they're bowl eligible, I think. So, yeah, they're five and three, three and two in the conference. I know you're disappointed in them. I mean, 
Um, unfortunately, it just was not uh, a game they were ever really in. It was a cocktail party that unfortunately only starred one of these two teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was always a good time out there in Jacksonville. I mean, I grew up in Jacksonville going to Gator Bowls and stuff every year, or almost every year. There's a couple yeah. of years I miss. But anyhow, uh, I watched some NFL yesterday, and uh, uh, after that Jaguar win, I mean, it was a win, but, you know, I knew something was fishy going on, like right at the end of the half, you know, they, they call a penalty, and then they uh, – they actually take points off the board, and uh, they needed those. This looked like Pittsburgh actually needed those three points for the last two-minute drill that they were going to do, but, you know, they didn't have that. I mean, you play different, I guess, when you're down ten points as opposed to being down one touchdown. See what I mean? So, well, after, all after I know that, is I just turned it off. I turned off all NFL. Yeah, I mean Jacksonville. Look, they're six and two. They're four and zero on the road, which is a terrific record for them. I mean, they've been fantastic defensively. They were great again yesterday. Two interceptions on Trubisky. I think that was big. Um, you know, and you, and they caused um, a, a couple of fumbles uh, in the game. Although uh, Pittsburgh recovered all of them. I mean, Lawrence has been good. Um, you've got ETN, who is one of the better running backs uh, right now uh, in in the NFL. He had another big game yesterday. I think like almost 80 yards on the ground. And you know Jacksonville is a uh, is a legit force to be reckoned with in the AFC South. Now um, you know you look at the rest of the division; it's awful. The Texans and the Titans and the Colts are all under 500. So there's absolutely no reason why the Jags should not win this division going away. Well, Steve, I agree with you completely. Uh, Gator Richard dropped again, but I, I'll right. just—I'll I'll pick it up from him, and I'll just say that I know where he was leaning. He was leaning the odds were trying to favor the Steelers, or you know whatever was going on like that. And I'll just say this: as far as refs go, it's been a messy year. And if you watch these games, they're messy. I can't tell you what uh, pass interferences and stuff like that. There are controversial calls every single game. It's—it's it's kind of what the NFL has turned into. But what the Jaguars are showing us right now is that they should run away with the AFC South. They should be the best team in that division. They've got a top 10 quarterback and a, probably a top 10 offense when it's all said and done. Uh, they're a team that's going to be a tough out in the playoffs, just like they were last year in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel that's, I feel that's pretty accurate. I, I really do. You know, they might not be the flashiest team, but they win games, and they're really good on the road. Really good on the road. So, good call. Appreciate you getting in today. 505-6009 if you want to get into the show. 505-6009. You can also uh, hit us up here on uh, social media at 600 ESPN El Paso. That's at 600 ESPN El Paso. Esteban uh, gets in and says, hey, Steve, has the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame been watered down? Uh, yeah, ever since I got in, uh, that, that's when it really started getting watered down to step on, you know, everything was pretty much on the up and up. And then I got in years ago and that's really when, uh, they, they started to, to settle. So, uh, I'm with you on that one. Um, Hey, but it's true. You could say every hall of fame is watered down depending on where you want to go. Uh, you really can. So absolutely. 
I've you know you can you can go local, you can go uh, anywhere really. Um, I like to say this, okay? Um, as someone who MCs the hall every year locally, it there are really terrific resumes, terrific resumes. People people have done in athletics, coaching, administration, media, um, uh, officiating, posthumous categories. When you recognize people after they've passed away, there are some unbelievable individuals in every Hall of Fame, whether it's this one locally or uh, all the other halls. You really. So the question is then is what really constitute a Hall of Famer? What does? And everybody has a different opinion on that. I mean, we just had a caller that believes Jim Plunkett should be in the Hall of Fame. All right? So that puts that into perspective. Um, others might argue somebody else should be in the Hall that's not in there right now. So, I mean, you know, it's all subjective. That's what it is. It, it really is. So it's what everybody believes uh, is, is the case. You know? And there's certain individuals that aren't necessarily in the Hall that – you know, you say to yourself, well, how are they not in the Hall of Fame? Well, either A, they haven't been nominated, or B, they haven't been voted in. It's as simple as that. So, you know, the writers vote in the hall, the uh, the professional Hall of Fame. You've got the uh, Baseball Writers Association, and all the different leagues have their different writers that have voting privileges for the Hall. In El Paso, all you have to do is show up to three meetings, and you're and you're and you get to vote in the Hall. It's in the bylaws. You don't even have to have a Hall of Fame. You don't even have to have a sports background. You show up to meetings, which are open to the public. If you show up to three of them, you're able to vote in the hall. That's just that's how it works. So every Hall of Fame is different. But you want to make an argument about being watered down? Every hall, you could probably make that argument. Absolutely. So you think about what base, where baseball started and where it is right now? Absolutely watered down. Esteban trying to be a smartass, which is fine. I mean, there's eight. Hey, listen. You know, teach their own. But if you really want to go and say El Paso Hall of Fame been watered down, I guess it just depends on the names you see every year and if you feel like they're worthy or not. That's all. Simple as that. Guarantee you this, you get a call from uh, Ruben Ramirez or Scott Stein or, or Wayne Thornton, and uh, he'll make an, an argument about the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame not being watered down. That's for sure. All right, 12 past as we continue here on the program. Let me go uh, first to... Um, Chad, who uh, joins us next. Chad, thanks for waiting. What's going on? Steve, are you there? Uh, now I am, Chad. Can Steve. you hear me, Chad? Steve. Can you hear me? Steve, go Steve, go ahead. Go, Steve. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. I'm, I'm being honest. I didn't, I didn't call to talk about how, how poorly the last uh, three minutes of that Browns game was coached when everybody in the whole world knew that he had saved Jerome Ford for just that moment, and he had been playing him the whole second half, and we needed three yards or just punt the ball, and our defense could have held on. But no, he's got to let P.J. Walker throw a pass and ricochet off a helmet, and then we lose the game. No, I didn't I didn't call to talk about that. That's not why I called. Good. Greatest thing, the greatest thing yesterday, Steve, and correct me if I'm wrong, those Tennessee Titan throwbacks, man. Those Tennessee Titan throwbacks. How great were those Oilers uniforms yesterday, Steve? Uh, I'm well, being serious. 
Everybody loves the vintage throwbacks. Everybody. Look, I liked the Eagles a couple of weeks ago when they broke out the uh, the 70s Eagles look. I mean, by the way, when are the Eagles ever going to go back with the white helmets and the green bird on it like yeah. uh, like yeah. they had in the early 70s? But, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's great to see the Houston Oilers, especially watching DeAndre Hopkins for three touchdowns in, that, in those uh, unis. Um, I love all the yeah. classic jerseys. I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm nostalgic, and I like it when teams decide to bring back the classics. Yes, yes. And you know what? You know what I wonder? I wonder why the city of Houston didn't think far enough in advance to do what the Browns did and get their – their name, their colors, their records, everything from when they moved to, uh, well, Memphis, then they went to Nashville. I wonder why they didn't do that, Steve. Why Good wouldn't question. you why didn't you keep something that was so, I mean, now we look back on it, but at the time, yeah, Earl Campbell's ripped jersey and Dave Casper with blood all over him and, I mean, the whole the Warren Moon. I mean, can't you keep that 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 classic name with all that i mean now it's now you say nostalgic yeah it is but when you think about it man they were great steve that was the best part of yesterday i'm sorry it was well and and you're right about one thing too it's a slap in the face to the city of houston to have the titans wear their throwbacks and they call them the houston oilers yep (laughs) yep everybody was saying they're wearing the houston oilers stuff that's ridiculous but anyway have a great night uh what do you say? Go Rangers? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's such a uh, – I don't even know what to say about the World Series. But anyway, oh, but that center fielder is awesome, no? Is that guy <laughs> – Gar- is that his name? What's, what's the guy's name? The other night, what's his, is it Garcia? What's his name? Oh, yeah, Adalas. A- He's talking about Adalas Garcia for the Rangers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's that a machine. Balls. Right. He's a machine. Yes. So. Yes. Hey, do you have him on your fantasy team? No, no, I don't. I turned him down in the trade earlier in the year. He's he's uh, he's making me pay. He's been great all year. Thirty plus home runs. Been terrific. Terrific. So, appreciate you, Chad. Thanks for the call. Uh, Jerry on a mobile is joining us next. A sports talk continues. Five zero five six zero zero nine. What's going on, Jerry? How you doing, Steve? Hey. I, good. I enjoyed those uh, unis and it brought back some memories from the classic games that the Oilers played with um, with the Steelers boy those were classic um, you know games when they when they got together I mean it was really uh, some you know thing to behold so I enjoyed seeing them it brought back a lot of memories and, and uh, I was going to ask you wasn't the uh, Houston Texans there in Houston before uh, the Oilers wasn't no. there Houston French Oh, okay. I no, um, the Oilers, I think, debuted in the AFL in the early 60s. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the Dallas Texans prior to the Kansas City Chiefs. The, the Chiefs, right, exactly. And uh, they had, I don't know what their uniform was, but they had a running back from North Texas named Abner Haynes, and he was really something else. Oh, yeah. He was oh, yeah. great. Anyway, I was very sad to see the Steelers lose again, but they don't do anything about uh, Matt Canada, and I don't think he's a very good coordinator, to be honest with you. Ten points, if they keep scoring ten points, they're not going to win a game for the rest of the year. Yeah. And yeah. Trubisky, Trubisky's horrible. 
Well, and that's the thing. I mean, look, I, I do. I, I still, despite everything that's happened uh, in Pittsburgh this year, um, I believe in Kenny Pickett. I do. So, um, you know, and then you see what happened with Trubisky. Yeah, it's just, it, it's not good. I, I hope that Pittsburgh rides out Pickett and really gives him a chance to be a franchise quarterback out there. Yeah, I just haven't heard how serious that injury is. Was it to his ribs? Yeah, I don't think he's playing this week. Oh man, another week of Trubisky, man. Well, you can check, you can chalk that one up as a loss. Jeez, unbelievable! Yeah. And what a bad uh, break for Kirk Cousins, man. He was oh. really coming, coming on strong. I mean, really strong. And yeah. uh, one final thing, Steve, I'll tell you uh, before I, you know, get off the phone. Um, Jordan Love is not the answer in Green Bay. I'm sorry. He's just not. I've watched a lot of games of his, and he doesn't even come up to Aaron Rodgers' ankles, man. I'm serious. Well, he doesn't. He, he's not the answer, period. This is what Green Bay wanted. They've been wanting – the management has been wanting to do this for years. So they finally got their wish, and now everybody is seeing that Jordan Love is a shell of the quarterback they had – and is someone that, uh, you know, I, I don't expect to have a very long shelf life out there in Green Bay. He's awful. The team's horrible. Um, I hope they trade Aaron Jones because they're not using him. So you might as well deal him and, and send him to, to a team where he can play and hopefully have a chance to go some postseason football, which maybe will uh, will happen when it's all said and done. Absolutely. And, you know, you used to hear that, oh, Matt LaFleur was a genius and this and that, but it was all Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look what look yeah. what he's done now. Nothing. No, you're right. Zero. You're right. Yep. Appreciate you, Jerry. Thanks for the call. 19 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Before we go to Charlie and come back with more, and any thoughts on some of the last few phone calls we've had a chance to take? Yeah, quickly, Steve. Uh, the Oilers uniform was actually banned from college football teams. So Rice... The Houston Cougars, they both threw that alternate uniform mix into their arsenal. Well, they were they all received a cease and desist letter today from the NFL saying that they can no longer use the Oilers' colors in college football, so that will stay in the NFL only, uh, just in case there are people who also enjoyed watching the Cougars throw it back, the Rice Owls throw it back. That's no longer going to be the case in college football. What a shame. What a shame. But not surprised. All right, let's go to Charlie. We'll come back with more as Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. In the El Paso Metroplex, a few things going on here. First on the east side. Checking um, Twitter out at 600ESPNElPaso.com. And she is 600ESPN El Paso. Mike Saucedo at SauceMJ. Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame, and this guy isn't. The baseball hall is watered down for sure, showing Dale Murphy, who uh, uh, back on uh, the 4th of October 1987 had 44 home runs for the Braves that year. They call it Murph Monday, Braves on TBS. Good job, Sauce. Appreciate that. Excellent. Um, Also, this came in on our mobile app. Status on Hardison, Smith, and Bellin for UTEP. That is from Lalo, uh, who asked that about, oh, 10 minutes ago or so. What do you say? Uh, Hardison, Smith, 
And Bellin, what do you know, Adrian? Yeah, so it's interesting with the Gavin Hardison question, uh, Colin asked it to head coach Dana Dimble today, and what the answer was kind of strange, saying week to week, still day to day. But what you're starting to realize, if you're just a, a college football fan and you're just uh, trying to side with logic, we're here in the final month of November. This is the uh, there's only three more games left on the schedule for UTEP. If he doesn't go this Saturday, which it doesn't look like he will, why? would he go for the last two games I think this team is now in the hands of uh, quarterback Cade McConnell maybe they'll still throw in Kevin Hurley as a change of pace quarterback not sure if Jake McNamara has cleared his own uh, uh, injury protocol that he suffered when he came in as a relief of quarterback so I would think if you're looking at this team right now it's safe to say it's Gavin Hardison's uh, he played his final snaps under a UTEP uniform and then for Tyron Smith he is all also a week-to-week guy, but I don't expect him back with the squad whatsoever. I would I would side with that he's he's definitely played his last snap as UTEP minor. Marcus Bellin is the one that they're trying to get back in the mix, and that's somebody they need back in the mix, right? Because he was their punt returner. He was their kickoff returner. And without him, they're going to rely on guys like Torrance Burgess to field punts for them, and that's just talking about inexperience right there. You need Marcus Bellin to help them out in special teams, and also in the wide receiver game. I mean, they need other guys aside from just Jeremiah Ballard and Kelly Akari to step up in the pass game. You know, we could talk about Hardison's injury and, and what a shame it is just because it, it cut his season short after what, I think five games when you start to look at it. But um, Tyron Smith, he never got going this year. That's someone who um, you know, when he was on the field, was a non-factor, then gets hurt, never comes back. And considering um, you know, where UTEP, how UTEP thought they were getting back their leading receiver who had the 1,000 yards last year and was that key cog in the offense, that's got to be a huge disappointment when you really look at this season as a whole. Yeah, and, and there's uh, it's safe to say with Tyron Smith, he's only played four games this year. He w- could definitely apply for a medical hardship this year, uh, use this year as a redshirt year, and essentially transfer after this year if he wants to, to retain his final season of college eligibility. And that would be a shame for UTEP fans if, if that ends up happening, knowing that Tyron Smith tried to bolt after year one tried to bolt uh, to Texas A&M after year two and then comes back uh, but just doesn't have it in year three for whatever reasons, the injury reasons or whatever, just kind of seeing the the bulk of where he wants his career to finish up. Uh, Point is, this year did not go according to plan for him or for the plans that they had with him on this offense, and that's a shame uh, knowing that everything he brought to the team last year. I'll tell you what else, that cost NIL dollars for UTEP. So um, I'm not going to tell you how much. I'm just going to say it was a significant investment. And, you know, UTEP football doesn't even have an NIL. But for him, they put it together to make sure they get him back in the fold. And that's another example, Adrian, of how NIL, um, you know, can work uh, in your favor. It can also work against you. Think about Tyron Smith this year. He apparently received NIL money to go to A&M, goes then decides for whatever reason that he's not in the mix there, comes back to UTEP, gets NIL to return, and does nothing this year. So that's a crazy situation for Tyron Smith. Gets NIL dollars from two schools and has essentially what is equivalent of a non-season. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. Um, you look at another person uh, that has UTEP ties and that capitalized and benefited off NIL dollars, Jeremiah Byers, the offensive lineman who went off to Florida State. I mean, for all we know, Steve, he could be playing in a national championship game when it's all said and done. Uh, yep. Seminoles 8-0 and right now. Jeremiah Byers playing every game at the guard position for them this season, played in all eight matchups for them. He was the benefit of NIL. He actually took a lot of these NIL dollars and he made the most of it. So it's interesting how on different spectrums you see the worst of what happens with NIL and then the best of it. Uh, And that, you know, Jeremiah Byers may be an example of the best situation for NIL. Uh, NMSU soccer head coach Rob Bartz will join us momentarily after Sports Center. We're live, folks. Border City L House hanging with you for Lions Raiders Monday night football here at the Ale House. We've got great prizes, including a Lions lunch bag, lanyard, and a bottle opener keychain. Raiders uh, Complete History DVD, lanyard, and keychain, courtesy of all that music and video, vinyl, CDs, video, gifts. You can discover record collecting at their newly expanded spot, Fountains of Farrah, directly below the Best Buy parking lot. We also have Horizon Golf Conference Center, voucher good for a cart, and two green fees out at Horizon. We've got a free hour at Kick Social. We're going to be giving away there at 812 Montana. From our friends at uh, 915 Sports and Novelties, Inside Bassett Place, a Dallas Cowboys shimmer decal, and a Notre Dame Fighting Irish baseball cap. We're going to be giving that away as well. And tickets to Friday night's Ring War 6 featuring Jorge Tovar and uh, Stephanie Hahn. That'll be at the El Paso County Coliseum. You want to win? Join us here today for Sports Talk Live. Again, Aggie Soccer next after Adrian and this Sports Center update. By the way, we said earlier that Adalas Garcia is in center. It's actually Leody Tavares. Uh, Tavares is in center for the Rangers. And, uh, in fact, um, Adalas Garcia is in right field. And then rookie Evan Carter in left. That's your outfield lineup for the Rangers. Rob Bartz is joining us next. What a season it's been for the Aggie soccer team. They win Conference USA. They've got a bye in this week's uh, CUSA tournament. And uh, Coach Bartz joins us uh, live here on our 600 ESPN El Paso Roto-Rooter Hotline to spend a few minutes with us. Coach, congratulations. Uh, a terrific season for you. And kind of picking up right where you left off last year where you dominated the WAC. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you, you never know where you're going to get to on these things. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, battle through and see what happens. Tell me this much. Uh, for a team like last year, when you had fifth, uh, 13 wins, most in program history, you won the conference title, you go to the NCAA, you, you nearly win the NCAA game uh, against Mississippi State in Starkville. How do you compare what you have uh, seen so far in CUSA this year to what you saw last year in the WAC? Uh, kind of hard to, hard to describe. I think it's, it's two completely different styles of play um you got a kind of a west coast style of play and then you have more of a um uh, just a, a an all-around u.s across the board style each team was different um but it was you know I, I think we didn't really focus on too much changing conferences and just continue to focus on what we were doing and try to try to continue and emulate anything we were doing last year and and, and raise the bar again this year well I also look at your schedule, and I feel like 
you were pretty battle-tested early on, Coach. In <laughs> fact, you know, you, you look at who you played in the, uh, in the non-conference. Uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock. You hosted Arizona State. Then you had a chance to play the likes of UNLV and New Mexico and USC. And then you started conference play. You tell me, how much would you say your first, you know, seven, eight matches really prepared you for your run through the conference? Honestly, Steve, everything. It was was, the reason we played those games was 100% to play conference. Um, You know, we look at at the – ASU game at, at NMSU, um, you know, we had a, a player red carded, you know, 25 minutes into the game. So we played 65 minutes with 10 players. Yep. We were up 1-0 for most of that time and playing well. I mean, it just was, it just really taught us how to compete and battle and just never give up and just be resilient. And, you know, one of the things I told our girls is, you know, when they saw our schedule, they're like, uh, you sure? And I'm like, listen, this is how we're going to be prepared for, for conference, and, and I truly think that it worked. I wonder, like, really what the turning point was for you. I, I almost wonder if it was when you were playing La Tech in your Conference USA opener in Crucis, and you had a 2 nothing lead, they came back to tie it, and then you came back with two goals. You ended up holding on to win 4-3, to three, and it seemed like that kind of launched you and, and put you into motion the rest of conference season. It really did. We, we we ended up kind of solidifying our, our back line in that game and and kind of created that okay, this is our this is our lineup that's getting it done and and they truly haven't looked back since then and, and that really was a pivotal game that, that La Tech game. Coach, um, when you talk about the team this season, um, you know, you, you, you've been building this thing. You had a deal with COVID when you first arrived uh, for 2018 season, and then a couple of years later you get interrupted. You tell me, um, COVID had affected a lot of programs in a lot of different ways. Did it set you back a little bit in terms of just the development and being able to, to turn this program into a, a consistent winner now where we've seen the last two years? For sure. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would – I think everybody you know, in the country would be lying if they didn't say it didn't affect you. I think what we did, though, really kind of – you know, is what I feel like set us apart was we just focused on the small things and the things that we could control. And, you know, they – COVID said, you got to work in fives. Well, we worked in fives till the cows came home. I mean, we were, we were out there for my coaching staff. I'm not joking you. I, they deserve a raise big time from that, from that year and a half. And, and, you know, I think we just, we really kind of focused on what we wanted to be. And we did a lot of communication on what we wanted to be and culture and stuff that we, you know, we couldn't go compete. So we worked on the, the intangibles and intangibles is our culture. And we have just such a tremendous culture right now that I just feel like we're in a place where we can deal with pretty much anything. Coach, uh, when you look at the Conference USA schedule as a whole, an outsider might think, well, there's a lot of travel involved, and that could come with challenges, especially with the first-year uh, conference affiliate like you guys. But you all finished up 5-3 and three on the road in itself. How did you approach the road schedule in Conference USA and even in non-conference play, just knowing that you got to get some wins on the road if you, if you need to be one of the better teams of this conference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people get caught up the minutia of travel and get caught up in, oh, we got a delay. Oh, we have this. Oh, we have that. And, and it becomes an excuse. 
And one of the things that we talk about in our program is understand that when you travel, if you think you're getting in at three, you're getting in at seven. If you think this is going to happen, it's not. This is going to happen. And just understand how to deal with that. And I think when you get to that point where you truly understand that it's not just going to be a, a smooth, paved road, and then when something surprises you, then you're, you're kind of uh, you know, in, a, in a bad place. So we, we kind of put ourselves in a place where we just don't allow ourselves to be surprised. And, and you just kind of deal with, you know, getting to the town you got to get to and get a stretch and get in a place where, where you can, you know, battle and, and be in a good place. We're uh, chatting right now with uh, head coach Rob Bartz of the New Mexico State Aggies uh, soccer team. Again, they're uh, on to the CUSA tournament. They get the bye, and they've had a, a terrific season. In fact, you know, you look at this season, you've got a veteran club. You have, uh, you know, you're led by uh, Loma McNeese and, and her six goals to lead the club. But we've got to talk about Bianca Chacon, coach, because here is somebody who started Franklin High in El Paso, and the junior this season had a terrific year for you. And who knows what's left? Four goals, seven assists, 15 points uh, along the way. Tell me a little bit about uh, Bianca and uh, how valuable she's been to the club. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you, Steve. I, like, indescribable what she is to our, our club. Like, it is. And, and the downside, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, three games ago, Bianca did her ACL. So we have been um, what I call Bianca list. And uh, honestly, when she went down, I, my, in my, the back of my brain, I was like, well, that's that. And, uh, you know the girls truly have stepped up and and battled through. Um, I'm not. We've lost three starters, two ACLs, and a Liz Franck on a foot um, since USC. And you know the next player has just kept stepping up, and and you know it's been it's been huge. But going back to Bianca, she's she's so special for our program. Um, I have full faith that she will come back 100 percent from her from her surgery, and you know come kill it next year for us. You've also been rotating a pair of goalkeepers. You've got one from Germany and one from Canada, and it seems like uh, the two have complemented each other pretty well for you this season. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Valerie, Valerie Guha is our, our starter. Um, she pulled her a quad uh, at the beginning of the season, so she was out for several games where, where um, Carol Ann came in and as a freshman, as a true freshman, and, you know, did a great job for us. You know, I mean, getting thrown into games like – USC and Texas Tech. I mean, it, it kind of, it's insane. Um, but uh, she's really she, – two of them have really worked hard with each other. And you can only hope that, you know, your two goalkeepers are, are going to push each other in a good way because it's – you know, at the end of the day, it's one spot and there's two of them. So who's going to get it? And that healthy competition keeps them battling every day. Coach, uh, I know that when I look at your club, uh, it seems like uh, I know you've got a grad student uh, who's uh, playing uh, in midfield for you, and I mentioned uh, McNeese earlier, and uh, and she's uh, a senior as well, senior forward. But you've got a lot of young players coming back. It seems like you've got the nucleus where you need it, and now the key is not just building a, a, ch- a team that can win for a couple of years, but you want to make this thing where you can compete for a conference championship every season. It seems like you're in a, you're in a pretty good spot with that right now. 
Absolutely. Uh, honestly, we talk about it all the time. We try not to talk about the minutia of one game or even one season. You know, as a staff, our conversation is um, dynasty. I mean, we it sounds terrible to say that word, but, you know, it, it starts by winning a championship and, and then just what can you do from there? You know, I think well, I think what our girls are learning is, is repeating is very, very difficult. Um, and once you get that kind of, you know, target on you and teams are, are – shooting for you it makes it a little more difficult when you when you're surprising teams it makes it's a lot easier and I think that's what we've really focused on is is how do we get on top and how do we stay there and you know our girls have really done a great job of having that mentality of this is where we're at you got to knock us off well you know super proud of them for it Best of luck this week in the CUSA playoffs. Hope you get back to the NCAA tournament. And then uh, you got a chance for a little unfinished business after last season. Know you guys want to get back and have an opportunity to uh, to knock off one of the big dogs and get your first NCAA tournament win. That would be that would be amazing. That would be amazing. All right, We're go Coach. Give, it our, give it our best try, sir. Looking forward to it. Appreciate the time again, and uh, congrats uh, on what's been such a great year for you. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Rob Bartz, folks, uh, head coach of uh, New Mexico State Soccer as we continue. 5.44 now the time. We'll come back and wrap up Hour 2 in just a moment. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso.